0: I hope that all of you are staying safe, as safe as possible during this pandemic and adhering to social distancing. I just want to say that uh, as you're listening to my podcast, I'm going to ask you for three simple actions. Uh, if you like what you hear, please rate and re- review me on on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, number two, engage me directly for feedback. You could Uh, Follow me on Twitter. If you aren't a personal friend, engage me there. Otherwise, feel free to message me on other social media platforms. Text me, whatever. And then three, um, tell three friends and family members about the pod if you do like it. Um, So my audience is only what it is because of the tremendous support and feedback I've gotten. And I've been fortunate enough to grow over 50% of my audience over the last quarter. So I'm going to hope to continue to push it. And I uh, try to give you guys a great product every time that you listen. Hello and welcome to the Chris Hamm Podcast. This is episode 42 and I'm tired, have cabin fever, often don't know what day it is, reminiscent of college summer and winter breaks, and yet somehow, paradoxically, I feel grateful And even somewhat hopeful this too shall pass. This Cub 19 corona, if you will. Um, Emmy, our younger daughter, is approaching three weeks old, and she's been an absolute fucking gem so far. I mean, Eloise was a great baby, but Emmy is giving her a run for her money. She's a little gassy. She cries when she's really hungry, like any baby does. And, you know, she takes a while to burp and breastfeed, but she's a good sleeper already. And uh, her toughest days and stretches of days are general, generally followed by easy ones. So really, really lucky on that one. Caught a break so far. Knock on wood, hope this continues. But uh, on today's show, my wife, Jen, my queen bee, uh, spiritual teacher um, and yogi, joins me for a dialogue around corona. And, we, were, and uh, we did this in the golden window when both kids were asleep and we were not zombies trying to feed the baby. Um, She gives her perspective on labor and delivery We discuss the ongoing and ever-evolving process of parenting two kids As I said, we cover corona and do our best to put a positive spin on it As we are in the throes now Of week three of full-out quarantine In the New York area at least Uh, We also touch on gender roles in parenting and family leave Then, at the end of the episode I give you some totes And uh, totes, T-O-A-T-S are my newest branding of hot takes, rants, pop-offs, and it's an acronym which stands for takes of all temperatures. So we have some good ones today Um, and just some housekeeping in the next few shows. Um, I hope to bring my friend Christine on to discuss life and politics um, from a more moderate to right-leaning vantage point. And on another show, my wife's cousin Lauren is gonna come on and she's gonna discuss life and politics as well. So buckle up, episode number 42, here we go. All right. My guest today is my beautiful wife, Jen Ham. is the third time you've been on the show, uh, maybe the fourth. So welcome back, honey. Thank you. Um, how, how, how are you feeling?
1: Right now? Yeah, right now. Bloated, full.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just ate so
1: much. I literally just got done with my Reese's peanut butter cup.
0: Well, I, I just got, I just got done with three chips ahoy. It was my favorite, one of my favorite cookies as, as a kid. I haven't. I just got like inspired to get them when I made the grocery run.
1: I mean, I think that was a solid choice. I think so
0: too. I figure figured you you like it In that these too. These trying so. times. These trying times. <laughs> all right, so on the episode, I mean, I literally just tossed together this outline as you saw. Like, I don't know, like I didn't really look at it ten minutes ago. Well done. So this is not without. There's not some major prep that we did Stay for here. this at all. Um, obviously. I teased last week on the episode that I wanted to get your perspective on uh, pregnancy or, or labor, having two kids, and obviously the, some of the corona stuff, but I, I have a more positive angle uh, that I want to cover with it today, um, uh-huh. for the most part. And then um, family leave, which I want your opinion on overall. Sure. So, uh, and then quick NFL reactions to some of the big moves that have happened. It's the only sport that seems to be going on as normal for the most part. But, so let's start with, can we start with the pregnancy and, or, or I should say labor and childbirth? Sure. All right. So I mentioned last week I gave my account, which I know you were very <laughs> critical about.
1: So critical.
0: So let's hear, I mean, where where we at with this? Kid number two now, two and a half weeks old. Exactly.
1: You, well, let's start with the labor. Yep. I just, here's my criticism of your (laughs) reenactment, not your reenactment, your... uh, My recap. Your recap of labor. Yep. You might have mentioned the pizza 17 times.
0: I I listened to it twice in the the episode today as well. I I mentioned the pizza two friggin times.
1: Here's the deal. Okay. Okay, here's the deal. Two times too many,
0: my friend. No, well, one of the times was in the context of your dad... And his whole like...
1: I can't even go there, though. <laughs> like, I can't even go there. You need the pizza hot. I still get so
0: mad. I'm Sorry literally sweating right That now. story's so not going to age well at all.
1: It's like... Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm literally on the phone being like, I'm in labor. I'm having contractions. contractions. They're about six minutes apart. We didn't eat. We're going to order pizza. And he's like, ugh, why do you have to get salads? Because I fucking want salads, Tony. Just go yeah, to like, my house. I didn't
0: mention that on, on the episode last week that we originally were, were targeting another place and we ended up going with Jimmy's. Okay,
1: and why did we want salads? Because I wanted a, a salad. salad. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the other place, Jimmy's, which you have referenced on the show a thousand times, yeah. clearly, if anyone listens, Jimmy doesn't offer salads. No, and if he did he offer salads, I wouldn't fucking <laughs> touch it with a 10 foot pole. Exactly. So I wanted a salad. Right. The one in labor wanted a salad and Tony complained. Then I I just we just have to recap because now I'm all like hot and angry. And then we're like, okay, we're going to order the pizza now. And he's like, oh, well, then it's going to get cold again, (laughs) again, again. I'm in labor. Contractions are seven (laughs) minutes apart. Like fucking turn the oven on, guy. Oh, my God. They almost
0: like didn't realize. I, I mentioned this that like. The second kid happens f- much faster than the first kid. Like they were acting like they had like like the whole night to get here.
1: Well, D- Tony like is an amateur doula. <laughs> I remember when we were pregnant when I was in labor with Eloise, my first contraction was 555 at night. We called my parents sometime at night yeah and my dad's like oh you'll be able to go to sleep you'll be fine you'll have her sometime tomorrow so dumbass me he's like i'm gonna go to sleep and i'm like dying in in bed yeah and then he also was like "Oh, once the baby comes out you're fine (laughs) fine." and meanwhile i'm like squeezing a placenta out of my vagina with like a (laughs) two inch tear like dying
0: that's one of the things i didn't cover that I, i wanted to leave it leave it to you to cover as far as like like a lot of people I'll fill in some gaps a lot of people don't realize the aftermath of, of labor and well delivery. it's
1: so interesting for my ladies out there it's like you can get a manicure from with like one woman and it's delightful and then like i went to this like no knock on like um where's this woman from oh i went to like a turkish
0: oh, manicure yeah. place yep.
1: and she like beat the shit out of me and like amazing manicure but it wasn't, it wasn't relaxing she literally beat me up yep. and it was similar with my ob-gyns when dr sharma when the this is when all, all your guy friends like mute this podcast they're not going to listen to this but for my ladies with my first wait, wait, wait. labor
0: you, yeah, okay you keep you can keep, keep yeah, <laughs> so I you keep say it, yeah. No, it doesn't matter okay all right um <laughs> I'm sure, there's a lot of Dr. Sharms out right. there in the world.
1: So with Touché. my with my first labor, she's like, "Okay, now you need to push out the placenta." It was god awful painful. Again, right. my epidural didn't work, but right. it was awful right and then dr elias time i'm like oh my god now i have to do the placenta and she's like oh honey just lay back i'll get it out for you and she's giving me a goddamn abdomen massage that struck me, and me the too i was like must wait, what just like come out like a fucking mustard because once like, once emmy
0: came out i was like oh here we go the placenta know, this is gonna be so painful
1: painful no, so. it was like a massage.
0: Anyway, so you're saying I mentioned the food too many times. So all I did was I mentioned I gave. No,
1: here's why it's annoying.
0: Okay, sorry to cut you off, yes. but
1: I've been like wanting to bite. Please, your head over please, this. I want to give you no the airtime for it. So, here's why it's annoying. You're like, okay, maybe you mentioned the word pizza twice. Yeah, but you mentioned how you were starving and having eaten like 75 no, times. I, you, not, did though. I, you did that. You did that. And meanwhile. I was in labor. I hadn't eaten just as much as you hadn't eaten. And, you, and I just want to paint the picture for people. Literally, the baby came out, the placenta came out, and Chris is eating pizza. Like, it was literally, like, in that order that the nurse even made a comment, Jenny, who you referenced on the show, yeah. was like, oh, okay. And meanwhile, I'm, like, sitting in this bed, can't move. I understand that, as you're but... As you scarfing it down. At
0: some point, but I, like... To be fair, like I was helping move you to the recover like not from the recovery room to our our uh, longer uh, term like, room. I, lo- we ordered I ordered, I ordered your, your food. I ran down to the hospital. I didn't think I was going I thought I was gonna be locked out and not come back into the hospital when I like went to go get the diner food that you ordered and we ordered the fries for Jenny.
1: I didn't even want that food. She like made me get it. Wasn't it wasn't
0: any good. It was like a way that was like a waste of money, but whatever. I
1: think she just wanted her French fries.
0: Maybe she did. Um but that was the only place that was open. But I was like all I mentioned was the I fact it. that you were hungry. I was hungry and I mentioned even when ordering the pizza that I wanted both of us to eat because like, I, or like you having like something in your system, but probably maybe it helped that you didn't. I, I don't know. Whatever. So well, I, you when,
1: said it didn't poop. Well, so that's, <laughs>
0: didn't, didn't so poop. that's good. That happens sometimes during labor for anybody who, who hasn't had any kids yet. Um, it that, happens. That does happen. Um, it really
1: helps that no one can look at you when you're on a podcast because I, I will literally say anything right now. So good. I didn't poop. Yes, but here's the thing yeah. with Eloise, I did, but I had two. I <laughs> so I had my first contraction is, at five fifty five, yep. and I was like, "Let's go eat," because you know my dad told me rock and have a baby for like thirty six yep. hours. Yep. So we went into town. I got two cheeseburgers, mm-hmm. cheese fries, a and a vanilla milkshake, yep. and then you know, lo and behold, but this time I was like clear. My system was clear,
0: but it was six hours and like twenty one minutes. I think the labor from like exactly. the first contraction door to-, door to a, to the end so let's so give, give us your account so like
1: well here's the thing with this baby for like four weeks leading up to it at least once a week and then as it got closer like twice or three times a week I was waking up with like or at night I was having like I get like cramps for hours like till three o'clock in the morning Let it felt like I was in labor um, and a friend of mine was like oh it's gonna make your labor so much easier and she wasn't wrong yeah um it kind of spread everything out a little bit spread everything out and i was also practicing a lot like i was doing breathing during that time i was taking baths i was taking showers i was moving my friend gave me one of those balls um but then i really wanted i really wanted her to come by her due date really didn't want to get this is before i just want to paint the picture for people corona happened so goddamn fast yeah that I wasn't even thinking about Corona of why I wanted Emmy to come on her due date. I just didn't want to go late. I didn't want to go through the induction. I didn't. I just wanted her to come. Um, So again, I wasn't even thinking about Corona really. But that finally on her due date, I don't know, it was like four o'clock. I just felt something, looked at the clock and then it, it was about 15 minutes later was the next one. The one after that was like 10 minutes later. The one after that was like eight minutes later. The one after that was seven minutes later. Then it was six and it was five and it was four. It went so fast. We had our situation with my dad. We get to the hospital. Everything was just oh. like bam, bam, bam. We
0: also got lucky. Like I mean, we have to take 95 to get to the hospital. Typically, mm. that's the fastest route. We, it was just, it was after rush hour. So we like got to there pretty what quickly. What time did we leave? 6.30? Like around like 6.45 or <laughs> something like that. Just to put
1: it in context, my first contraction was like 4.15 or 4.10 yeah. or something. Yep. And we waited for my parents for their taking their sweet ass time. <laughs> Till 6.45. Till like 6.45 <sighs> and then we left. But we would have left. The doctor told us to come at like 5.
0: I know. I know. We would have gotten there. We would have gotten there sooner. Yeah, if you put it into context, I mean, yeah, 4.05, four whatever was your first contraction. When I was 4.10. It was like two and a half hours from the time that your contraction until your, your parents got here and we were able to leave. Like, you were in the hospital for three hour, three and a half hours before you had Emmy. Here's, so it's like, yeah. it, it was like barely, it was like, it was like barely longer.
1: But I think what was really cool this time around, one, because the cramps were prepping me for weeks. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like that was good. My girlfriend, um, she was like, you know, she's telling the story of her births, and she's like, I loved it, blah, blah, blah. And she's probably listening to this, and I'm totally going to call her out on this. But she was like, I just pictured a flower, and I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> but I really channeled her. I really did. I was like, yeah. well, if she liked it, let me try this. The girlfriend so, who was
0: just so we're talking about the same person, who was very kind enough to give us the the chair that I sit in when I do it, Emmy's one of Emmy's feeds. Oh, Yeah. Okay. It's
1: like our favorite chair ever. Yeah, it's a great chair. Um, But so she was like, you know, I just would picture like my vagina opening like a flower. And I was just like, listen, when you're in that much pain, you fucking try anything. (sighs) But I will say that my other girlfriend gave me that ball. I really felt it was really interesting this time around, really empowered and really like I'm going to do this. Like I was so horrified again. I didn't want to go through it again, but I was like I'm going to do this. And it was really helpful. She said this as well that her older daughter was actually a good distraction. And I felt the same with Eloise, Eloise because Eloise knew what the hell was going on. She's watching me like on all fours with my breath taken away. And I, I was, was
0: harder on Eloise. too. I didn't I didn't, I didn't mention that in the first yeah, last episode. Were, like I were, was but she was like you could tell she was like anxious or she was like she was in a really weird like uh, a, a it happened so fast Happened so fast Yeah It literally was like But she was like fine, Asking a lot of I, attention from us yeah. And like She kind of sensed Something was going on And I was like annoyed Because I was waiting for your parents To get here I was like anxious That you're going through labor And like I probably was a little harder on her than I needed to be because she was just like, I think
1: you were processing it. I was too. processing we, too, it's tough. We were getting all of our stuff together, but I thought it was really helpful because I was playing Candyland with her. Yeah. I literally got on the on all fours and was playing Candyland with her and she was keeping me very like centered because I didn't want or I didn't you know I want to be mindful of totally. what I looked like and like labor. Um and so I was like from the jump in a different mind space than I was with Eloise. Um, When I was in labor with her, I felt very grounded and in control. And I know I, I mean, I am hard on my dad, but one thing he actually did say was he told me this story that if you smile or like, or, or force yourself to laugh, even Mm -hmm. if it's fake laughing when you're getting your blood pressure done, it'll lower your blood pressure. And so I had this concept of just like smiling during my exhales. And I was like doing that and all this stuff just kinda like helped set the stage for the very quick remainder four hours in the hospital right. as soon as we got there. Um, but when we got there it just it was literally just like so opposite from Eloise. Eloise was twenty seven hours of labor, twenty six minutes of pushing, this was six hours of labor.
0: And slightly longer pushing because Emmy was a bigger baby. It was a, was a baby.
1: pound and a half bigger. Yeah. But it was so, from my experience, um, it was so fast. There was no dull moment. There were painful moments, but there was no dull moments. We got there. We met our nurse. Yes, Jenny and I did not. Rocky start. We had a, we had a rocky start, middle, and like by the end we were fine. But she just was like. She was incredible as a She nurse, was. And though. she was there the whole
0: time. She was she very present. She our
1: side. She was very present. Yeah. She also was like keeping her attitude in check. Um, but again, I felt so grounded. Like there's part of me that's like, I want to curse this lady out right now. But I was so aware that I was like, I have energy that I need to save. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. every contraction I needed to give it my all. And um, I don't know. It was like a very, I was very aware of like, what I was experiencing in the very present moment and some of the things that were helpful for my pregnant ladies out there. Um, I took a picture of Eloise. We had like a her school yes, photo. Yeah, I love that picture I put it, a her school photo in front of us, in front of me. And every time I'd have a contraction, I would stare at her photo and I would do that like smile thing mm-hmm. during the exhale. That truly helped. Like truly, truly, truly helps. So if you don't have kids, you put your partner, whoever. It, Something yeah. you love. It made me happy too
0: to just look at that. Also, like all the yeah. stuff that was going on, and like you in pain, and like they're trying to figure out the IV and the epidural, and like, like all the ups and flows with Jenny, the, the nurse. Cervix. Like seeing her, which just like made me happy too. It's like, oh, this is what, like, this is why we go through this. Is like, this is like this the, is the end. The other side. This is on the other side of it at some point eventually. I know there's the baby phase that we can get to say like four years later. One other thing I did want to get to, um, or they want to mention that I was thinking of as you were describing like the your experience this time around, like contrasting with the first time forget the personal stuff that we were going through but uh for a second but the you i just feel like your your network of women and moms now is way richer than it was the first time One thousand because of we weren't living in the suburbs you were kind of like maybe one of the first of your friends to have kids and now being in the in the suburbs you're on the younger side of friends that you have A lot of the women that you have maybe are like three, four, five years older than than you or more, have multiple kids. So there's like more camaraderie now. There's more people that, like the people that are your age around your age are also like in a similar boat with being moms or moms of two now or three. So it's just like, I feel like that helps the experiences like that that collective.
1: A lot of the tools that I use, like the, you know, I also did picture when I was smiling like my vagina opening like a flower. I actually remember talking to Emmy during labor. I was like, we're in this together. We are aligned. We're doing this together. And then I was like, I don't know what the fuck is opening, but I'm picturing something opening. I don't know where it opens, but like I would, I use that stuff like that. I've said this about motherhood before. I have become a better friend and I have better friends. Since becoming a mother and I think friendship is one of the most like Beautiful gifts that come out of it there It's just a different level of intimacy in your relationships Mm -hmm. of support that I've never experienced with other women um, until I went through or i until i became a mother and i think totally. it's just it's such a gift and also my industry teach like and i teach women and so i'm very lucky and blessed that i'm surrounded by women and i have a platform to ask them my questions and and hear their stories and and you know use use their stories i'm sorry i lost my train of thought because i don't know what is so funny to you right oh, now. i was
0: laughing because i this fucking cough isn't, isn't going which I can get it's not going
1: away. Ah, well i'm surprised they didn't literally throw you out of the hospital I mean, like, again this is before. it's gotten a lot better can we talk wait let me finish the labor and yeah, yeah talk i i, about I, I how this, like, that's why i was smiling corona. though i don't want to do really
0: but like because yes.
1: if if emmy had come like five days later your ass would have been kicked out of the hospital i know with your fucking whooping cough so
0: it's like i have this dry call i haven't had a fever and like we could talk about the whole corona thing but um but i before we get to that i just wanted like that's why i was smiling but i wanted like you're right like having the intimacy that i've witnessed with you and these friends or women like like we've been in conversations with women we've gone like double dates your friends have come over to our house like like how freely you guys just talk about, like, boobs and breast milk in a way that, like, like I feel there's no sugarcoating, like, language or anything like that. You guys are all kind of talking about your experience in this intimate way that, like, before having kids, you just don't have that level of dialogue. You know what I mean?
1: I know. What would you... Well, we, we've talked about this, like, <clears throat> when guys start dating their wife, yeah. future wife, yeah. they don't talk as... As raunchy. A, as raunchy yeah. to their guy friends yep. about, like, their sexual escapades. Yep. Women always do like where yeah like sure. that there's that yeah. always, but I, again with motherhood from my experience it's just like, it's just very raw and it's very yeah. real. But also, when I teach my classes, like I I mean everyone knows every intimate detail like about a you. Stand up comedian, I know it 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 opens up a door for people to share their intimate details with me. And, yeah. I use that stuff like it's really helpful and uh, anyway those I did want to talk about the things that did help because for this I think it's important the things that really 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 helped second time around were my I felt and I told myself I'm gonna do this I'm strong I'm gonna do this we're just gonna do it and it's so scary but I was like it doesn't matter it's gonna happen there's no way around it I'm gonna do it and that kind of like pep talk Leading up to it was really helpful. Um, I really think the practicing your breathing Mm -hmm. when you're like going through any practice contractions helps. I think having a picture or something to look at is really helpful. I think the smiling on the exhales really helps. And also, like like I was saying, like you're so present in the moment when you're having a contraction. Like nothing else in the world is going on. Like you feel every everything and i would tell myself when they were happening i was like this is gonna pass they always pass this is gonna pass and i would say this moment right now i feel every single thing in this labor and i was like this is in like a blink of an eye this is just going to be a memory Mm -hmm. like i was like tomorrow morning it was it will have passed and i just kept reminding myself like this is just right now this is just temporary this will be a memory and here i am three weeks later And it's like, you know,
0: I was so impressed, like, I mean, I want to give you the proper acknowledgement, like, how strong you were throughout the whole process, like, the lead up the like cramps at night, like beforehand, like, just going through the contractions, like you were seven centimeters dilated before the epidural was able to kick in because of the timing, like, and like, just like you were just so you were, I could feel you were present. I was just really inspired by it. It showed me how tough you are. Thank you. So I wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge. that. Like, you like the gotta aftermath lean
1: into that. Like this is something I didn't lean into the first. time. Yeah. I think for first time moms, like listen, for everything, like you don't fucking know what the hell is going on. Yep. So I had the advantage, like you said, of the network of my friends mm-hmm. that I didn't have before, and also the experience. But like, I don't know. I just felt I I I had something to fall back on, and I really just tried to just be present and grounded and the affirmations were really really helpful and i just kept telling myself like you can do this you can do this i really tried to align with emmy and i was like we're in this together let's do this together let's do this together and there was such a sense of um afterwards um because i got the epidural like so far dilated I didn't, and it worked. Thank God, they weren't pumping me up with drugs, so mm-hmm. I was also able to experience everything more. Yeah, you like saw her
0: come out. You're fluidly, like, oh, here she yeah. is, and like you saw that, and you like you were noticing everything in the room after she came out when they were like weighing her and all that stuff. Yeah, like with Cutting Eloise, the umbilical cord, I was so you, you, drugged yeah, up. It was harder. And it
1: was so foggy, and it was for so long. And I have a lot of like sadness over that because I. And I also, I, I really, and I don't know if it was the drugs, but I just, I didn't, like, she came out and I just was kind of, like, confused. And I remember just being, like, mourning, actually, like, the fact that it wasn't just the two of us anymore. Like, my emotions, and we were in such a different place. Than right, Anyway, Definitely. but Definitely. this time around being so present was really helpful, not being so drugged up i really was able to appreciate everything and i think because i had a second chance at it i felt really grateful um and then that just it changed even the moments right afterwards well once the doctor was like i'll get the placenta out i was like okay like (laughs) i just started getting in a better mood um but i just felt really grateful afterwards and i i I would love to talk to women. If anyone's listening to this first time moms, second time moms, I'd love to just talk to them person, like individually or whatnot in a group and just like talk about this stuff because I, 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 I want like I've had a very different experiences both times, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, and it's, I just feel like it's helpful. So if anyone, I, I just want everyone to know you can reach out to me. And That's great. I'm happy if anyone's going through pregnancy, like my cousin is due in three weeks. My good friend is due in five weeks. Like I have a bunch of friends that are pregnant right now and my heart is going out to all of them. Um, and I just want to be able to help in any way that I can and prep them mentally and emotionally and spiritually because it they, they, they really, truly Change my experience that's really sweet and so. and
0: yeah and i witnessed that as your partner too and even like things like the healing process like when we got into the i mean i wasn't like I, you're I, like I, oh i have this spray bottle and like my vagina is like like torn up like and the i'm bleeding every like you know half hour when i have to change my like this pad like for those of you who don't know like it's not just it's it, not it, for the partners it's not just, oh, there's a lot of blood as the baby's coming out and, she, and your wife is getting stitched up. It's like the blood afterwards, like the day, two days, three, five, I mean, you had to help me the bathroom. For like exactly. It's, it's a rough process. And it's like, even that you were really gracious about. And you were like, oh, like.
1: I felt so yeah. grateful. It's like, I was just so, I think because I was so much more clear headed, mm-hmm. Um and we were in such a different place, And again, Corona, it's we'll get into this. It was really odd the timing of our experience. But at that time, like I you know, I had the baby at ten twenty seven We didn't get to our room till like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep because I just felt so grateful. And I remember, and the affirmation stayed with me. They were just like, My that night I was like my body's healing itself. My body's doing what it needs to do. My breasts are getting ready to breastfeed. Like my boobs, this breastfeeding experience is no fucking joke. It's been three weeks. Like every day, it's been another goddamn thing. But every day, I'm like, okay, my nipples are doing what they need to do. Like they're toughening up. Like my stitches are healing. Like I'm just you're embracing it. it. I'm in. I well, I'm just trying to like use what worked in labor Mm -hmm. for the recovery as well because it's a process like people don't realize like women you can bleed up to six weeks you are you have stitches in your vagina and your butt you are you're still like carrying extra weight you're tired like your hormones are crazy like you have to be just as gentle on yourself then too and like have tools to help you through that as well
0: totally it's no joke. There's a process from start to finish and even like having the attitude that like the phase we're now, which we'll get to, like this it's gonna pass. pass. It's gonna pass. Like, like, pass. like it's it's that sleeping is choppy in the beginning. There's a lot of feeding. There's but it's definitely easier the second time around. Like people are like, Oh, having two kids is like having ten kids and like
1: We that hasn't been our experience. Not yet. It this hasn't has been yet, been, it might not be with her. This has been honestly, she has been the easiest part.
0: Right, of having two kids. Of having, like, of everything. Um, But
1: that, yeah, it's, I think affirmations and, like, it's just so important. They're just so important. They've been what's been getting me through, and also the corona stuff. It's just having that kind of mentality um, and inner dialogue Mm -hmm. has been really helpful.
0: You mentioned like the timing, like the timing was perfect. She came her due date, like literally on her due date. And if it were five days after, like it would have been different. Would have been different, like a week after, and like, like just in terms of the hospital protocols. And like you said, my cough. Like we don't know what the story is. Like this antibody test that's coming with Corona, and, and we'll talk more about Corona later. But like. We we think that there's a chance, given the fact that a lot of younger people experience either no symptoms or mild symptoms, that the three of us before Emmy was in the picture might have had it in February, given like our our colds. Yeah, um, they look kind of like weird colds. Mine ended in a dry cough. You and Ellie's had a dry cough or sore throat for periods of well, time. I
1: never go to the doctor when I have our thermometer a sore wasn't throat.
0: broken, so we were, weren't able to check our we, fevers.
1: I know. I, it's this is a this is another prayer that I've been saying. We could talk yeah. about this with Corona, but. I've been saying divine timing, divine guidance, divine protection. And I really truly feel with, as it relates to the labor, was very divine timing for our family. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting that like leading up to Emmy coming, we were, like, I mean, and I'm a Virgo, so this is, like, very typical of me, but it was, like, we needed to get shit done. I had, like, a to-do list that was, like, 75 pages long, and there was a sense of urgency that I was, like, we need to get this stuff done. Yeah. I even got, like, my haircut beforehand. A lot of things. Like, car. done, car are, like, uh, just, like, all of these, like, random things that have now helped us mm-hmm. in this crazy, crazy time. Yep. And yep. it's just... How she came, like again, I kept pushing. Like I don't want it. I don't want her to come the following week. I don't want her to come. Nothing related to Corona, but she came on her due date. My parents were able to be with Eloise. We came home Saturday. They were able to meet Emmy. We wanted your parents to come on Sunday, just because we were like, let's see everybody in the beginning, because we planned on like not seeing anyone for a few weeks as we adjusted. Mm-hmm. So your parents were able to meet her on that Sunday, and literally that night was like the announcement of like shelter in place, nobody go anywhere, yeah. blah, blah,
0: blah. It really intensified like that first Monday after Emmy was born.
1: Right, so that was, that was. Social
0: distancing wasn't a thing we were in the hospital either.
1: N- no, this is what I'm saying. Like it for our family, it happened to align That we were still even able to come home and there felt like a sense of normalcy. Like we went to the bagel store, like told my parents to go get coffee. There was one
0: woman wearing like a surgical mask. Like, oh, like Corona, like she's a little bit overkill. Like, but like a week later, like, like now two and a half weeks later, I I went to the grocery store today, like 70% of people are wearing surgical masks or masks.
1: changed in a minute. And so she came at like this right timing for us. Where, like, all of our shit was taken care of, and our parents were able to see her right away. And now it's like we kind of could move into social distancing because we were like prepared. And I, I, and I, and I, and anyone who's pregnant right now, I'm not saying that, like, oh, we got lucky and everyone else is gonna have a baby now, like, tough shit. I think there's divine timing for everybody in the way that they need it. And I think people will see that, like, Oh, this all happened at this time for this reason, and it's going to be positive and not negative. And that's you know you got to look for those silver linings, and you have to look for those things yeah. to help you get through it. Yeah. And that was one of the things that helped me get through it is Completely. that. it okay, was divine timing. Divine timing.
0: And even something which we which we were saying, it's like, like this cough, like this this weird kind of cold or something that I've had, like. The last like three weeks, like the like my the other symptoms have kind of subsided where I had like a like a little bit of a runny nose, a stuffy nose, like none of the like the textbook corona symptoms, but just like a weird way that the cold progressed but i've had this dry cough and like it was like intense the most intense was when we were in the hospital like nobody thought anything of it well
1: they kept being like are you okay uh, like uh, but i know so oh, i have no like, fever i'm fine like yeah and,
0: and, it and they, they so would have kicked my ass out, out of here like you said five days later it's just been so annoying i've, I've had a, like like not sh- i haven't been able to shake this thing but it's it's slowly now gone i say the last like three four days have gotten better I took some cough syrup and everything else but mm. um but um, I, I want to segue to, to, to life with, with having two kids. Now we've been quarantined now. This is we're going on. Obviously, Emmy's been alive now two and a half weeks. Um, this is now the third week that we're in now of quarantine. Yep. Um, Like, what if what have your thoughts been adjusting with two kids? I mean, obviously, it's some of the same textbook stuff, like a lot of diaper changes, but obviously, Eloise's-
1: Honestly, no. I, I can't even say that. I genuinely feel like this is another- Total contract. This is also for anyone who is like me that didn't have a great like or just uh, like wasn't love at first sight or they like didn't like the newborn phase or yeah. whatever. Like, mm-hmm. let this be encouraging to you. Like, I remember the first few days home, I was like, I love the newborn phase. Like, first of all, it was like riding a bike. Like, the definitely, di- riding the diapers bike. don't bother me. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, I don't even actually think they're that much, even though they're every single feed. Like, it just seems very again she's very knock on wood she's an angel child eloise was an angel baby as well i actually think she's a little easier yeah she seems Um, like it even though less of a crier so easy yeah um but like i that stuff's just like not bothersome to me i thought it was so much harder and i think this is what made it more um kind of cloudy I thought it was so much harder going from an ind- like independent, autonomous individual, like couple, to having someone hundred percent dependent on you. Right. That was so much harder of a jump. We've had somebody dependent on us for almost four years. Right. We're used to this shit. Right. You right. know, every night there's a possibility you're gonna get woken up, especially yep. when you're pregnant. You're woken up every Friday yeah night to go pee. So it's you can't not plan, like, plan anything things in advance, like but it's not as stark. You're no, it's just not like, okay. And like also, it's not really. The, I mean, maybe you have some kids that wake up every hour, but like Emmy wakes up and she's been like this since she came out every three hours. Yeah, three hours. Sometimes
0: four hours uh, in the night. Four it's like, hours, like maybe so one middle like middle classic of middle night. of the night where like either, you know you're pumping and I'm doing a bottle or like like and then like an early morning like. four... 5 a.m 6 a.m 6 30 sometimes. But again,
1: if you have kids you're like used you're used to, to getting up early shit. yeah and it's like a nice it's, time to be up because you're like it's quiet in your exactly. house exactly exactly so like i actually it's like that's been a really pleasant surprise mm-hmm. knock on wood like of just i haven't that hasn't been that like drastic for me i've, I've I actually felt the same way. feel very like
0: easy with it and, and, we, and we're dividing and conquering Well, i think together too like there's been times where like i know like you've been more like the defeating sir emmy so i've been like with eloise more in certain ways but like we've been like very much like tag teaming pretty well and eloise has really taken well to having a sibling i think her toughest adjustment as a three and a half almost four year old is the it's corona and like well, we ha- she
1: went that was the hardest part for me with like the hormones the first 10 days by the way ladies like is no joke. Like oh, I, every that's... night at seven o'clock, I was like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. And by the ten days, they pretty much subsided. But they say that the first ten days are are really hard with that. But that was the hardest part for me to process was Eloise went from being an only child for three years and eight months, and having her routine that she loves her Trader Joe's runs with Daddy, like going to go get her coffee, going to the gym, and going to kids club, going to preschool to in one weekend, Yeah, having a newborn in the house yep. and socially is- isolating with yep. no routines, can't do shit. Yep. And that, that broke my heart a little bit because that was hard and plus her parents are now parents of two kids first week. Like, I mean that was just a rough, <laughs> rough week.
0: Yeah, more yeah. tired. Like not it's, like I'm like slower to get up in the morning when like usually like if you're feeding Emmy I go down and, and get Eloise breakfast I'm just like a step slower she's like come on dad like come on daddy let's go like that's hard it's it's harder
1: because but- I'm like I'm usually the like last one to go down and I'm like up and
0: out I know you're morning. more up and out in the morning but like it's like that that'll pass too as Emmy sleeps more through the night but yeah this Eloise it's, it's like it's so tough now with her and it's like I see what you went through with, with me like with her. Like when I was at work, when you were like nine months pregnant, eight months pregnant with like, she's just, it's like a 12 hour shift this from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. This is what I used like, to tell
1: Chris. So Eloise used to be in daycare since she was 11 months old. She was in daycare right. three days a week from 8.30 to 5.30. Amazing. Right. I advocate for any parent. I don't care if you're not working. If you could swing any bit of childcare, it's like, it's just for your sanity. Definitely. So those three days were like heaven sent, and you would work from home. It was just like so nice. Come October first, we took her out of daycare. It was just too expensive with me not working, so we were like, "Fine, I'll stay home with her." First three months, and I was like horrified. I was like, "This is going like hey, to be the first disaster." Well, and I loved it. It was like such a pleasant surprise. I leaned into it. We had like an amazing routine going. Then come January, starting month four, at this point I'm like eight months pregnant. And I'm exhausted. And the past few months have been really, really rough. And mm-hmm. Eloise doesn't nap. But yet, we still had a routine. She still was going to kids club. She still was like, yeah. she started preschool. Preschool. Um, three days a week in the afternoons. Like she's, she had stuff she liked to do. So right. it wasn't so bad. And even though right. she wasn't napping, we had like a, a thing. Now, she has nothing.
0: Nothing. Yeah.
1: And it is... For anyone who has toddlers, and especially if you're working from home, they need a lot of attention. Yep. And it's just, it's so much. It's so much.
0: Yep. It's a lot, and, and toddlers is a very broad term. It's like any child they from like a child. year and a half, two to like five, essentially, or four and change, like like right until they go to kindergarten. Like Eloise is like kind of like on the tail end of that now, and it's like you probably have different challenges based on how old the kid is, like earlier on when they can't communicate as well they're, they're not potty trained you know Eloise is potty trained she can communicate well but like she does a nap like you said like, and she still needs a nap like like three, probably three four days a week because like she just gets tired and then like every day like this is like the routine that's just the most exhausting it's like alright she's full of energy she wants your attention she wants to play with you she wants to show you things which is great and I'm like, imbr- I, like I think we embrace those moments well and then like by the time you get to the after lunch it's like okay you try to get her down for a nap you can see that she's tired. She fights a tooth and nail. Like I've gotten to the point now where you see, I go up into her room and I lay with her for an hour, ninety minutes. I'm falling asleep a couple of times. She's up. She's like staring at the wall. She's like noticing different things in her room. She's like talking to me, waking me up. Doesn't go to sleep. Comes down and then like the last like like few hours before she goes to bed, she's a zombie, falling over, doesn't listen as well. Kind of crying on like the like a, the drop of a pin, like anything, like that's like the hardest thing. It's
1: so hard, and it's so hard. But I get it. It's
0: like she's a three and a half year old, almost four year old, who just like has no routine. Like, like she doesn't she get to see no, her friends. Yeah, she's faced are trying to FaceTime and do these creative things, like. Her teachers are sending her videos of like them reading books it's it's like
1: just... her personality's like changed since being home. Like she's such like a lively social butterfly. Yeah. And now she's like, I just wanna be home. I just wanna be home. I just wanna watch movies, I just wanna watch T V and like we're not we don't have iPads no, in we our don't house. Do that. She doesn't look at our phones for anything. So this is also really hard for us because now it's like teachers are FaceTiming and teachers are sending like reading stories over the phone. And it's just for us, like that's not her normal routine and it's like changing her and like obviously we throw her in front of the tv when i'm trying to feed or like you're trying to cook or something and it's just it's it's rough and this is not a us issue this is like all parents across the world exactly are going through this and, and truly this is corona to me and its effect on our our child, our older daughter is the hardest part of the newborn phase. If, if we didn't have corona and Eloise was still in her routine, oh yeah, it would be such a different world and it's really just her that I f- that I, I don't want to say her. I find challenging mm-hmm. the circumstances with her are harder yes. than it is to have a newborn. And with Eloise, like, cause we don't read any parenting shit. Like we took Eloise out. Like <laughs> she was two days old and she was in restaurants with us. Now people tell us don't do that. So we're like, okay, I guess we shouldn't do that. But like my world's not that much different with a newborn. Yeah. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yep. I yep. mean, it takes us a little bit longer to get out of the house. But, but I feel like we but like, we're like but the
0: it. average per kid. It's like we're we're more efficient with it now. It's just yeah. like the only thing that's challenging with newborn is like trying to time her feeds and like her feed is such a process that like trying to get her out, Emmy out at the right time. But like we're good about like getting both kids out. Eloise is more so she could walk down the stairs if you guide her. There's definitely things that are that are easier. That are but easier. hopefully, when this thing all passes, we'll uh,
1: we'll emerge. We'll
0: emerge, <laughs> and it'll be a way to it'll be like this is this is kind of setting us up to it's gonna be hopefully have an easier experience. Well, but I want to transition topics. Um, uh, coming up, I want to talk about corona, but I want to focus more on the hope positivity of like kind of the present and the future. All right, so we're back. Let's talk corona. Obviously, we could focus on the negative things, but I've found in like, the last few days, like ignorance is bliss. It's like it's how you, I live my life. You know it's a problem. You know, it's like it's it's growing. You know, we're not like we haven't flattened the curve yet, but at least now there's like the division, at least politically seems like less intense, even though like I could go on. I'm going to probably in another segment rant about the president and praise Cuomo. But but, like,
1: why? I don't know. Why? There's like a saying. That you are what you consume, and it's not just food. It's what you read about. It's what you also regurgitate and what you're talking about. Like, why? Who gives a fuck? He's a – who cares? Like, let him be an idiot. Let him tweet. Let him say what he wants to say. Doesn't, like, put life in person. Like, who gives a shit? You're right,
0: and I've gotten less angry about it, and I'm just more, like, focused, like, okay, like, what's the plan? Yeah. Like, what are disease experts saying? he seems like he's taking a measure like okay like april is a dead month for everybody now we're all social distancing and like like great let's focus figure out-
1: on like the small wins
0: right so let's focus on the positive so what do you think are positive byproducts currently now and then what do you think will come from this in the future
1: well so similar to the labor experience because it, it came in tandem it was like literally like labor corona I talked about with the labor, how the affirmations were really helpful. The visualizations were really helpful. The networking was really helpful. Similarly with Corona, I've had to use the same tools in different ways. And from a a big spiritual, like a broader spiritual sense of it, what I think is that the world is sick and it needs to get better. And when the when the universe is trying to teach you lessons, micro-lessons, macro-lessons, they're gonna keep coming up and if you don't listen, it's gonna hit you like a more, meteor. More,
0: it's gonna be more intense. It's gonna be time. more intense. Yep.
1: And I don't know how many times the world needs to say you're not taking care of me, you're not taking care of each other with earthquakes, with mass shootings, with um, tsunamis, with hurricanes, with all did I say hurricanes already? No. Okay. <laughs> I said tsunamis. Um, so the y- even world how hard like, people are like work. Are how how the workaholics there the, are health cares there's so many things we're not taking care of the earth we're not taking care of ourselves we're not taking care of each other and the world has been trying to show us this in small parts of the world all over the place right yep. and it's been these like this happens in this place okay but that's not my country i don't care this right. happens in this place well that's not my country i don't care now this is a global pandemic but everybody that has to deal everybody with everybody is dealing yep. with and I think the reason I think like this, just to give people some background, is like we've gone through shit. And I felt when <laughs> clearly I can't have a baby without us going through some sort of First crisis. it was micro
0: stuff, now it's macro. Well,
1: it was personal stuff. So yeah. when we had Eloise, we went through a really intense, trying time. Um, but I learned a lot of lessons through that. And I remember when we were going through that, I was like, everything that's dark is coming to light. Everything that's dark is coming to light. Everything that's dark is coming to light. And it was like a four year process of uh, everything coming out. But I knew it was purging us and giving us an opportunity to set a better foundation. Yep. For yeah, us to move way. forward. And there were days that were, it was completely, we were vulnerable and things were uncertain and we had no idea what was going to happen. And I had to live in that place for a very long time. I had to learn how to live in a place that was very scary to think, wow, there are no guarantees in life. And so I think that I have this perspective because I've experienced feeling this level of vulnerability that the world is feeling right now. And I feel, I think it's very interesting divine timing to have our second child and go through another crisis, a global crisis, a macro crisis, but have very similar feelings. I feel vulnerable. I feel scared. I feel uncertain. I feel like this could touch me. This could not touch me. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm scared to plan the future. Very similar feelings to what I felt then. But that is how I know that this is going to serve us it is purging us if we're allowing the darkness to come to light a lot's coming to the surface right Mm -hmm. now how we treat people how we look at our social classes who like the real heroes are how do we take care of each other how do we care for our neighbor how do we network with each other how to connect to people like it's 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 bringing us to a whole new level i hope you can only like this is this this is my hope this is my intention for the world. You have to want the change, right? Yeah. It's like when we went through you our, our personal, we went through change. our own
0: personal crisis, me individually, which which dovetailed to our our coupleship. Like I needed to want the change in order to for to, to, to get the better change. and have the change and like that. Like if you don't if you don't have that the
1: willingness,
0: you don't have the willingness and the desire to be like, all right, I need to like. Uproot everything that I was doing because it was damaging me and us. Like it's the same thing applies here too.
1: Well, the world is being called to action. Right. And this is what was scary for me with you. You had to want, to, like you said, to change, to go into recovery, to stay in right. recovery. Right. I couldn't control that. Yep. So my life was uncertain because I, I can't control you. Much like the world right now. The mm-hmm. world has to want to go into quote unquote recovery right. and change the way that we're treating the planet and each other. But it's collectively though. And it's it, like, a collective yeah. thing. It's, it's, it's and, a unique thing. But I, and, and to, to add to this, you know, the macro level spiritual side of this, th- this has been been talked about for years than in my social circles or spiritual circles that we are going to be asked to like raise our vibration the whole world is going to be asked to go into a new realm of like caring for one another and I think this is it and I think that you know I'm focusing on of course we're going to do it we're going to do it we're going to do it so that's where my mindset is so I feel like there's a positive outcome that's going to come through this
0: um and and from one thing for you and I didn't interview you properly. And this I didn't interview you on this episode because listeners are familiar with you, and I, I should have done this the first time. But well, you
1: told them I was in aquatics. Your aquatics director, <laughs> you're a
0: multi-talented person, a renaissance <laughs> woman. But you're at at your core, you're a spiritual teacher. You're a spiritual teacher and writer and speaker. And that's like, and this is exactly the kind of foundational topic that I think will help others and your your outlook i think is really like I, I share the same outlook i think you really very eloquently described it um but I, I agree with you completely and i think this is a really good way to introduce that concept
1: well there are a few spiritual things i just do want to share it much like i wanted to talk about with labor mm-hmm um the things that have helped me so i listen we're all like you know we're all feeling anxious i do feel like today today today's monday week three of social distancing there feels a lighter energy in the air which makes me feel great um i hope that it maintains i think it feels there feels like there's like some cohesion or unison happening um even as you know we haven't hit our peak yet it just feels there's yeah. something feels different today but some of the things that have helped me um, some of the mantras especially is one day at a time I could take this one day at a time one day at a time one day at a time I can't I start to think about like Eloise's birthday in July and I start thinking about like oh my god like you know what if we run out of whatever I'm just like yeah. one day at a time we'll take it one day at a mm-hmm. time also focusing on the gratitude I've been trying to focus on that so much like I'm just grateful that I have my family I'm grateful I have my network and really like reminding myself every single day of what I'm grateful for has like it doesn't solve the problem to anything, but it reshifts my brain really quickly to a, a better place. And mm-hmm. like, listen, all we have is to like live in our bodies right now. Yep. We have nothing else going on, so you might as well make it happy. Yep. So that's been really um helpful. The other thing is like, we're all in this together. The, the reminding myself, like, I'm not a victim here. I'm not alone. I'm not the only mother in all of this that is worried about, you know, feeding my children Protecting my family and keeping my family safe mm-hmm. every single person and mother and woman out there is thinking the same exact things And that's actually really helpful because it makes me think that we're community going through this I'm not a person going through this and that's been super super helpful. I've also I just I don't know. I just keep going back to just saying like the world is purging itself it's gonna bounce back betters better and then keeping my, my safe, my space safe, like, focusing on what's in these four walls, like, you know, for me, like, I never watch the news. I I keep thinking about our friend, mentioned to me corona maybe like four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. She was going on a trip and she's like, I'm just nervous about corona. I was like, what's that? She's like, are you serious? I literally, this was like three and a half weeks or four weeks, I had no idea what (laughs) she was talking about. I look it up, I go, just looks like a flu. And she was like, are you you kidding me? And then it's skyrocketed. But like, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I can't pay attention to the numbers. I can't look at that. I, I have to focus on what is in these four walls. It's you, it's Emmy, it's Eloise, it's Bruno. You know, that's all I'm going to put my attention on right now because the world's going to be changing rapidly around us at all times. Mm-hmm. And if you attach to the volatility of what's happening outside of us, it's like a stock market. I don't have money in the stock market, but it, you know, assuming it goes up and down every day, you're going to drive yourself crazy, or it's like weighing yourself. Well,
0: so if we were looking at our four, our retirement. Accounts every day, right. we could drive ourselves not. so there is money in the stock market nuts. that way. Like I haven't been like, oh, like let's look at our our IRA right now. Like I like no. like like the market's tanking. But I, I think you said some really beautiful things. That I wanted to respond to. I think yeah, you know, one day at a time. That's a recovery principle, and what that means that you apply it in this sense. You apply it in individual addiction recovery sense. Like it's overwhelming to think about that. Like all the different like how every day you have to do a certain amount of actions to keep yourself sober or to keep like. Yourself happy in life, if you think about oh, like or we have to socially distance. If we start to think about how many days this can be, even if it's just another six weeks or twelve or eight weeks or twelve weeks, like it's a lot. It feels like a lot. But if you think, okay, I'm just going to get up and do the best that I can tomorrow. Yeah. How can I keep myself sane? How you know, do we, like, what kind of routines can we do? Do we have? To, should we go for walks? Is the weather going to be nice? Can we watch this movie? Can we watch that show? Like. That is what is that. That's how you apply it in this instance here. Is one or day at
1: even a time. one moment. And it's, again, this goes back to when we went through our crisis. Yeah. When Eloise was born. Sometimes it was one moment at a time. One moment. There were times where that were like so overwhelming with like fear and anxiety, and I decided to be like, "What can I do right now to like calm down?" And so I think like you know we're all going, we're all processing so many emotions, and it's just kind of like one moment at a time. One day at a time, one moment at a time. Focus on what's right in front of you. And what you. can
0: you control? Like, what was the second thing you said? You said one moment at a time, one day at a time, was like the, the first thing. The
1: gratitude. The
0: gratitude. Just being grateful. Like, yeah. Like you said, everybody's going through this. We are lucky enough. I'm on parental leave, which which we can talk about in more detail. But for another couple of weeks, like I have a a great job with solid benefits and. The ability not to have to worry about like imagine these people, even people that were well off, like these small business owners that we know in the area that were making a good amount of money, all of a sudden like could they have ever envisioned a scenario like this where their business completely is at a standstill?
1: Well this is a I didn't this is a really important thing that you're saying. Yeah. Altruism right now. Right altruism is what's going to help this world heal itself because your compassion for our friends that own businesses in our neighborhood our compassion for people that are are out of work right now yeah that that hourly workers that like have their kids home too or that need to work even if they don't feel well because they have no money or exactly whatever we need to take care of ourselves and care for our neighbor right now. That is what we are being asked to do. And so that, that sometimes I can get really, I I get like really emotional about thinking about, um, it's almost like survivor's guilt. Like I think about our gratitude and then I immediately get like so overwhelmed that other people are struggling right now. And so what we need to do is we need to take those emotions into action and Mm -hmm. just every day if you can just say, "Okay, I'm going to do one thing to help somebody else today," and we all do that every day, like you're, it's it's going to help heal the world. I and agree. It's a really important piece because it's also going to heal ourselves. If you're ever feeling depressed, they say put your focus on somebody else. Right. And, right. and that sounds really oversimplified. That's true though. But it, when you can put your attention onto somebody else, it does something for you as much as it does. It's a, that's another recovery for them.
0: principle. When you're like feeling like really pulled in a negative way as it relates to your addiction or relates to anything like negative like character flaws and defects like give service to somebody else help somebody else that's going to help you get out of that um you're going to say what you, one other well, thing There is
1: just one more thing that i wanted to say that i think hopefully helps people through this i've been talking about mantras like all day when when we are feeling a lot of this is like so i believe this would be the root chakra a lot of this is, like, triggering our, like, I'm not safe. Am I safe? Like, Mm -hmm. this this is, like, a very real fear. Right? Am I going to be okay? Is my family going to be okay? And so I think it's really important that people can, like, say to themselves, I'm safe. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. And even, like, or, or even a mantra that's kind of, like, I'll take something as it comes. I'll take it out. I'll handle it when it comes. I'll handle it when it comes. That's keeping you in the present moment. That's super helpful. And then the last thing I want to tell people is like visualizations right now. Like visualize the shit out of what you want. Like I do a visualization when I start for all different kinds. But one of them is like when I start getting anxious about my family, I visualize a bubble around us individually and as like a little snow globe and i was just like in it i visualize when i breathe in that i'm like breathing in these like amazing antibodies and these like powerful little people going in my body and like protecting me like these are things that you can do immediately that can help you with this stress Because this is real.. Yep. and the the like again, like I just want to say, like just take care of yourself, take care of your neighbor, care for your neighbor. And I truly, my gut, my heart, my soul truly does feel that this is going to be similarly to what we went through, a process. Of us getting to a better place collectively, right. Right. and and my focus right now is like just gonna be focusing on the positives, um, and you know, just that's it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I I agree with all that. I think um, one thing I do want to touch on as it relates to this is like, like you said, the present and the future, and like how I'm like reframing. Like I went to the when, when we did our grocery store run earlier. You guys, you, and you and and Eloise and Emmy are in the car, and I'm like going through trying to get our whole list done and everybody's wearing, you know, 70% of people are wearing masks, 90% of people wearing gloves. Like I had so much compassion for my neighbor, just shopping, just seeing all the different people. Like this is somebody's like wife or husband or mom or kid just trying to take care of their family. And it made me feel so much like compassion for all of them. And I like that. Like, like New York could be kind of a cold place at times, even in the suburbs and certain like, when you walk past people before this, it was like, you don't make eye contact you more, at least half the time. I, I think a lot of people have, ten, have a tendency not to do it. I find now it's like 75%, 80% of times, like people are gonna say hi to you. And like, mm-hmm. they're just like, and there's a lot more people walking around. It's like, it's just like a lighter feeling in the air. And like, like I'm not saying like, everybody has their own approach socially to different people, but I think that that could be a positive byproduct. This is like, see the people around you as human beings. like have some level of like like love for your fellow uh ma- you know man or woman and um that's one thing I'm hoping Doesn't
1: Did, this thing knock us all down at the same level
0: it does it does it doesn't matter how like how rich you are like it does not you matter you're not immune to this disease because you're you're Jeff Bezos so this is what I said on your yeah.
1: podcast I think it was the first time when we talk about this you virus. Know, like like putting up walls in Mexico and all this shit this is what I said to you whatever I said. We all want the same goddamn things Yep. people want their families to be happy, healthy and safe I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Chrissy Teigen living in LA It doesn't matter if you're Donald Trump. It doesn't matter if you're an African princess. It doesn't matter if you are a, like a line cook That's like on the front lines right now. Everybody wants the same thing they want to be healthy and safe they want their family to be healthy and safe that's it yeah that's always ever been it
0: Yep. it levels the playing field and
1: we are all and it's not an American thing it's not a fucking Australian thing it's not a Chinese thing it's that's it yep we're just Every single person in every single country just wants to be happy, healthy, and safe and their family be happy, healthy, and safe. That's the only thing that matters.
0: It definitely shows me, it's showing me what matters. Like, you guys matter. Like, my family matters. Like, this is what matters. Like, all the other bullshit is ancillary. It doesn't matter. Like, most of the jobs, like you said, we'll get to the whole, uh, I I want to, well, that'll be part of our next topic. But, like, the jobs that matter right now are the first responders, Mm -hmm. are service and like food workers and delivery people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really that's it. Like what else matters? Like do, do you being like some kind of like investment banker, portfolio manager, like litigation attorney matter at this point? No. Like it's not an essential service to do that. Like these, the people that like, like the certain jobs I think that are like, people have to kind of take a step back and realize that like, like, you have to take care of your family. And like, yeah, I understand some of these these professions are needed in order for us to have a livelihood and a life. But at the end of the day, like... Maybe we all need to downshift a little bit work wise. Like the world isn't going to stop because you're not going into I your office. I agree.
1: I think it's going to revolutionize a lot of industries. I think it's going to move us into the next dimension when it comes to technology. And I think that hopefully it changes the paradigm here and, and the value system of where we put our value. Yeah. And we've talked about this in your last podcast, the value of money, and it's right. like, right? It's like. Hopefully, it just helps the we, the value of family and like work life balance and just I, I I hope it that I hope those are some of the positives that
0: come and out and working of it. from home and like how like you can yeah. still effectively work from home and, and these are the least these are the most suboptimal conditions now working from home being at a home cooped up where you can't really get get out and you're with your all your kids and your wife or your husband but like so but like if you're able to do it and, and get by and like your company isn't folding and the world isn't stopping like you could do it when things go back to normal and like maybe it'd be nice to actually like like, like wake up with your kid and have breakfast with your kid or your kids or like mm-hmm. spend time and go for a walk with your with your spouse and get like coffee or like put your kids to bed or prepare dinner or like just totally. like like this is hopefully a good byproduct and, you, and like things are not completely crumbling so yeah. Well, I
1: mean, I that's what we hope for. We I want to be.
0: talk more about like the gender roles and this dynamic in our next segment. But before we end this segment specifically, well first of all, do you have any reaction to that? I want I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, I agree. I I mean I've been wanting this for a very long time. I and yeah. I remember we went to Italy in two thousand ten and I said, Oh, I want to live here and you were like, Oh, their economy is terrible. Nobody <laughs> works and I and I remember saying to you, I'm, I'm too Italian for you because I could move here. And not work like a crazy person, and I just—it's like it's all man-made. Yeah, it's all fake. Yeah. Like we, the urgency I, we, is the fake. The urgency is yeah. is all man-made, and so I, I listen. I've been wanting this—not the Corona, but I've been wanting this kind of like these questions to be asked for a very long time and it's it's kind of nice to see it and see people starting to ask them and again it's the only thing i can ask for through this is people are going to ask some questions and they're going to question their like i've already seen people that we call fiscally conservative socially liberal start to backpedal on trump who they would have elected over Bernie, Bernie yeah. because of their money and they're starting to see when it comes to their health and what matters. Like he's, you know, whatever. Like it's it's just nice that people hopefully are, are questioning things and and willing to open up and, and think things in a different way. And I think that's what's being asked of us. And Definitely. I just pray. The biggest prayer I have is just that, you know, one of my visualizations is I, I picture anybody that is in the icu i just keep picturing them like miraculously just like healing and then all of a sudden this whole thing disappears and i imagine this lightness and like that all like the doctors and everything and like we just have to keep wishing Mm -hmm. that this does as little damage as possible but with maximum maximum um, societal benefit. societal change and hopefully we learn from for this as a society yeah that's what I'm like, saying
0: like hopefully like hopefully we don't have to deal with this anything like this in our lifetime again but if, if this comes up again 10 years 20 years 50 years 200 years so our society can learn from this and learn where we made mistakes and, and like we're
1: caring for each other we're caring for each other
0: um, one last thing before we we, uh, we move to the next segment but um so, do you think that people in general, it's a little bit lighter for questions related to here, are practicing the appropriate, like what percentage of people that we interface with daily that are in our county, our town, are, proper, are, are practicing social distance properly in order to get well, this I don't this curve know.
1: What the, what's the protocol when you're walking down the sidewalk? Does it also have to be six feet, or because you're walking fast, it's like I three?
0: I don't know. Like, like sometimes I sometimes
1: it's hard not to have, to have six feet. It's hard
0: to know. Of. Like, are we are we doing enough? Are we are we over? Is it overkill? I mean, overkill is like I I'd I, don't rather know. I walk by not.
1: people fast on the sidewalk. Yeah, and everyone tends to do like two steps to the right, two steps to the left. Yes, I, I, think, so that's I fair. think that's like I fair. I think they say like
0: three feet. Within three feet it's really dangerous where you can actually get something from somebody. And but they'd have to like cough or sneeze or something. But I think six feet is like kind of like a, a conservative buffer. But so that I think people I think people generally are practicing. That. When I, when I was going to the grocery store earlier, like we, everybody was wearing, like a lot of people were wearing masks and gloves anyway, but they were still six to 10 feet apart, like waiting in line to get into yeah. the grocery store. We were practicing that kind of, like if somebody was coming my way with a cart or I was going somebody else's way, they would move out of the way. So I think that kind of stuff was happening. I'm just wondering are people like, are people being smart about like, hey, like just because you don't think your friends have symptoms, like should you be hanging out with them now? Like, like that's the kind of stuff I'm wondering are people actually doing? Like, are you, are you,
1: it's, isn't it all, isn't all of this like an algorithm or like some kind of like mod? I'm sure there's probably. Like, I'm sure that yeah. there's probably some graph somewhere that's going to show there's going to be outliers. There's going to yeah. be a curve. So
0: and- that that if like we're all pra- if we've all like we've probably scaled back what like seventy five percent of our activities. Like if we've done that, like like you said, there's probably people that have done even more than what we've done that don't even leave their house, and there's probably some that like are like acting like business as usual but just not going to big crowds.
1: Cough, cough, baby boomers.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. Like they're so cavalier about this. Like they're there's such. Baby boomers are born between 46 and 64. So the youngest baby boomer right now is turning 56 this year, and the older ones are turning 74. So they're they're like – most of them are senior citizens or borderline senior citizens at this point. And like the one woman I saw today at the grocery store without any gloves or any masks was like 75 years old, like 70 years old. Like, what are you doing? Like it's just like they don't. I don't know what it is. Like there's like a maybe there's like a stubbornness to them, or maybe you just get that old. You don't you don't care. But like they're the ones that are experiencing the most like, like devastating ICU stuff. So uh, I, I don't want to end negatively, but I do think we have to just be mindful. We we have to kind of grin and bear it for the next month, two months, two and a half months, however long it's gonna take to get back to normalcy, so we don't have to go through this again. So um, all right, coming up, we'll just quickly touch on. I want to touch on parental leave with you. Uh, Both as it relates to this and a a, a broader topic, very quickly. All right, honey, two more topics for you. Ready? Shoot! All right. Um, First topic is maternity leave and paternity leave in this country. Yep. All right. Let me set the stage. Eh. Let me let me set the stage for you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sound effects say a lot. I, I feel fortunate. I'm I'm on four weeks of Family leave right now, but here's Correction. what
1: I action. W- You're on
0: two weeks of family two leave. Weeks. Two weeks of PTO, so I'm gone for four weeks. So I'd say the standard in our parts, in our part of the country, yeah, is or, or I should say within our circle, if you will, is um, guys take two weeks. Um, guys First in second. finance, like like First. hedge funds, like. Directly manage, money money match would take less than two weeks, usually a week. Um, I heard a hedge fund guy one time say he took three days. Um, women take three months, but usually again it's like they decide to take three months. They get some usually some portion less than three months, but then take about three months. I Which, got
1: six weeks. Uh, it was at your six former company. Weeks was it full pay? And or it was like I think it was three weeks full pay weeks, or, or six oh, weeks half pay. W- yeah, you're right. Right. Three weeks. And you worked full for a
0: British company pay. at the time.
1: Yeah, and their British office had a year.
0: Well, yeah. All right. So, what's your take on what I just said, as far as what our par for leave is, assuming like a white collar job, nonetheless?
1: Do you want me to do it again?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, give. give I am you to articulate mean, your sound effect.
1: It's 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 crap it's like most of our assist our our political system here doesn't care about people in general yep um and this is just another branch of that yep. how it's just it's if if you if your country is not caring for you what what are they doing like what are they there for if we're not here to um, support our families and our 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 population growth and our 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 employees who are generating money for our country like what are what is our country doing for us it's in, it's embarrassing it's sad but it's not surprising given that we don't care if people can afford healthcare we don't care if people are dying because they can't afford their medicine it's like it's all the same shit just go back to our podcast from a few weeks ago. It's yep. all the same thing.
0: It is definitely an indictment on our country. I think it does reflect the values overall, which are not great. And it's like just the thing that's just frustrating too is like there's such this like standard like this is there's sexism also because this the the quote unquote standard male leave is a fraction. It's you know you're talking about one sixth of the female leave. Like this is in the 1950s. Like, you and I do very much an equal partnership with respect to raising our, our kids. And when you have multiple kids, like, when you're bringing another life into your household, you're either increasing your household by 33% or 25%. And the fact that you that, that people treat it as, like, for, especially for for, for, for for guys, like, you're going on some kind of, like, a long weekend or, like, a vacation to, like, like uh, I don't know, like, Malaysia. It's ridiculous. Well, you
1: said that the other day. You were like, people take two-week vacations. Right, right. And like, why would paternity leave be the same as someone's like honeymoon to Thailand? Exactly. And I think, thought that was a really good point, but there's a side, there's a pivot here. There's a pivot here. Okay. How much do men love that they get to go back to work after two weeks? Why well, is like, there's, there's, there there's a pivot?
0: I have a buddy who said that we were talking about leave when I had the dinner with the with um two guy friends that you know, uh, we were talking about like you know they they're, they're dads uh collectively now and there's five kids between us and we're talking about leave and the one friend of mine he said like he's like it's there's definitely guys that like kind of inflate their self-importance like oh i gotta get back to work i gotta get back to work but they don't have to get back to work it's like they're trying to escape because it's easier
1: it's much easier it's definitely easier 1000 percent easier to go back to work than it is to be home with a child all day long exactly i mean maybe not now like emmy sleeps like 20 hours a day day but but with multiple it, kids yeah, or when you multiple, have a kid who's a well, toddler or older exactly that? who's not in school right yeah it's much easier so but again the majority of people making these paternity leave um decisions you know if it's private business well there's the government and then there's businesses so a lot most of the time these businesses are run by men right and our government is run by mostly men yep so it's not surprising. And it's the old guard. It's <laughs>
0: usually it's it's men also over 45 or 50 that generally are making these decisions. The ones that have the more innovative or progressive leave policies are typically younger companies that either are attracting younger people or have the majority of their core employees in their 30s or early 40s as opposed to like early fifties or mid fifties.
1: And those companies are using it as a negotiating tactic definitely, um, to recruit good recruits as work work from home or paid leave. Same type of thing. There's, it's a wave. There's a wave of men right now that I think are, and I'm sure there's always been this wave of people, of dads that love being dads. They love being a part of the mix. They Mm -hmm. love being a part of bedtime and bath time and, And, you know, breakfast and and don't want to miss that. Again, I think they've always been there. But now there's this wave that's like, wait, with technology, it's possible. So why can't I have this? Why can't I be home more? Which I think previous generations didn't have. Yeah. So you feel like you can fight for it and it should be more easier for you to get. But there's also still a huge camp of men that are like, I would much rather go to work than help like sure i'll take that business trip sure i'll work late
0: yep. sure i'll
1: like you know and
0: these are the same guys that come home if they happen to come home and they take a train that's like slightly earlier than their normal train like they get home and their kids are still awake like they're the ones who literally will like go into the side room like pour themselves a glass of scotch so their kids go to sleep yeah like yeah. i feel like it's the same sort of like the same sort of guy and like it's there is a lot of i mean as much as we're trying to get like like women like women are, are do not get paid it like, this is a whole other subject but women don't get they get paid what 80 cents on the dollar what men get paid Mm. if you're a minority woman it's even even less than that Um, i saw a really funny woman less than that i saw a
1: really funny meme that because the the government government subsidy right now is like what twelve hundred dollars no matter what like everyone's getting twelve hundred dollars and someone was like wait, you mean to tell me that women get paid the same as men or something like that? Yeah. Like, they're worth the same as men? Like, tell that to my salary. That's like 80 eighty cents to the, the dollar. Yeah, I they're, still, so
0: they're still funny. embedded sexism even now in 2020. And like a, a classic illustration of this, I've shared this with you before. When I take the, a train, like I take, the, you know, when, I, when we are back to normalcy or when I, when, if normal. we are going to be back to new normal, whatever it is, you know, the trains that I take range between like on average Like I'll take a late four or as late as a late five train typically. That's like the range. Um, I've taken trains, uh, different things in the city before where I've had like either appointments or a slightly later night. And like when I've taken, it's like the 709 train. It's like 80% men. Mm -hmm. And that's just a classic example and illustration like, like that. Like even the women that are working because in the morning, the women are on the trains. It's just an example of how like there's still this like assumption that women go home and take care of the kids and men are like somehow like don't secondary yeah and it's I, I, it's bullshit and it, it's well, important that we call that out.
1: It's well, it's just a social norm. It's just institution like this has just been going on forever. So that part of it, yeah. Um, I, I you know, I and maybe those guys want to be home. It's like it's it's hard to say. Like to who say. wants to be home? Who doesn't want to be home? Like it's just at the same time. To your point. It, like fiscally, like financially, these guys might be making more money. Right. So it's like right. they're like,
0: well, like well, you're you're kind of at the whim of your employer to a degree yeah. too. And there's there's definitely a line of demarcation somewhere, like like around like I don't know if it's like 50, 55, like somewhere like like in that in that ballpark of where like those men who have been working for thirty years or so are of this like they, they 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 weren't they didn't come up in a techn- technological age where they could work from home mm-hmm. so there's just embedded in them that oh they it's like they all about facetime and yeah. i have to work late and yeah. it's just like whereas if you're a guy and you're under 40 or if you're under like 35 mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. experienced a lot of technology from the second that you even graduated from college right. to the point where it was possible high-speed internet was there mm-hmm. there was more like you know VPNing on your computer it's just it's an interesting culture will change. So, but I'm, I'm glad we're definitely aligned on, on that perspective. On that, uh, well, I perspective. think there's
1: another point to this like we're, we were saying financially is also I think that there's a tipping point for in the households where the men make more money that I also think the women have a level of acceptance if they're making enough money to support a specific lifestyle. And I'm not talking like gold digging status. That's not what I mean. No, I mean, no. it's just that like if your husband is making enough money to, to support this lifestyle that is enjoyable, it's kind of like, well... It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. Yeah. Like, you'd yeah. probably rather have your husband home, but also... But if you're really able to nice go on, like, to, like, three
0: or four vacations a year... Or put
1: your kids in childcare, care. Put your, yeah, and, like, put your kids
0: in child they're, care, they're, have a nanny...
1: Yeah, have help or, yeah. or like, yeah. be able to pay for college. Like, it's like, there's... These are the trade-offs, but the one piece of this that i i like love when you talk to your friends about it like i love this so much i'm getting excited thinking about it is how many men hate their fucking jobs and wish they can totally change careers so many i love that yeah they're so almost 40 years old mm-hmm. and they're like you know I don't love this but then like they the part stuck. I love about it yeah they feel stuck because of the money money makes the world go round yep. and I did I bring this up in an old podcast I did but I want to bring it up again your friend who asked the question how much money would you have to make what's the minimum that you would have to money amount of money you'd be able to I don't know if we talked about it in detail so he asked this question this was like 10 years ago I <clears throat> feel mm-hmm. like I think I said, Gu- guys, what would be like the minimum about I think we need to talk about this. But it's so interesting because so many of these people that are miserable in their jobs and would-, would change it. Like, I don't know if they like what that number would be for them. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and that's not bad to enjoy comforts of life, but it's, it's like it, it, we all have to ask ourselves individually and collectively. Mm-hmm what's worth it
0: what's worth it well, yeah like kind of the point that you made before about like these women that are like willing to accept like their husband working a lot or not home for their kids bedtime and the guys who are like oh i'm in this job i'm you know, 38 I'm 39 i'm unhappy but i'm making a lot of money or um you know they have to ask themselves like when they look back 20 25 years from now when they're like kids are out of college and they're in their late fifties, early sixties, mid sixties, retirement age. Are they going to be happy that they did that? Like that's that's a question the everybody has to ask themselves. Well, like it
1: goes, it's it's like, it's a even more global than that. It's like hey, like is it is your money worth your neighbor not having health care? Is your money worth like it's like it goes beyond our family. It goes like in the, like our think of your country as a family. It's like. What's worth it? Is it worth you keeping three hundred more dollars, six hundred more dollars, nine hundred more dollars a month in your taxes for like the majority of our collective American family to like be broke, to not be able to go to college, right. to not have health care? Like well, it, people
0: you, are selfish. People are born into a certain, but it starts socioeconomic a group. Family. Yeah, it starts of their family. Like they're gonna have like, oh, a little tough break. You know, it's, it's it's a it's an interesting thing. Um, yeah, it goes back to just one thing. I'll conclude on with this particular topic, unless you have another point. Was just um,
1: I feel like we totally got off paid leave.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's it's all related. <laughs> it all though. comes back it's to money. It all me. comes like, back to Stop money. having
1: me on the show because all I talk about is like, Is like the social the, <laughs> the, um, fiscally, the, the um
0: fiscally conservative, socially liberal.
1: No, like socioeconomics. So, oh yeah, yeah. Like this is such a hot button. I'm going to bring it back. I do want to talk about paid leave.
0: Okay. Well, but one one thing a, I was just thinking yeah, of was like, I think the way that people earn money, I think with technology, people are more willing to be like less like basic bitch about it, for lack of a better term, or less cookie cutter. Like they're like, all right, like what's a different way that I can make money or have a career that's not going to be like, I'm, I'm in this like job for 30 years, which is like what our parents' generation did. Like people now at least there's mobility, this creativity with income. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to lend itself to like, more family time like more like not having to like if people want it if people want it so what are you going to say about pay leave
1: well just to like answer your question i think it's crap it's it's just embarrassing i i fought to the nail i worked for a women's fitness apparel company yep. a british brand Yep. who had a year job security in the uk yep and i had three weeks full pay six weeks half pay half pay and it's just like, what do you do with that? And 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 further, it's just like, what do you do with that? And the cost of childcare. This is another, I mean, it's like, it starts with paid paternity, right, mm-hmm. is crap. But then the cho- cost of childcare and how there is no like government subsidy. You get a tax break, that's bullshit. Like it's laughable. Yeah, it is laughable. You literally, to be to be where we live, okay, for me to go back to work, and I have my master's degree, so right. this isn't like this right. shouldn't be like a big deal. Yeah, but for for me to go back to work, I should be I need to be pulling in over six figures, right? Over way well over six figures right. to have both kids in childcare, right? Why is that the case? I know. Why are we not supporting our women and men in this country yeah. working for the country right. like we work for the country right. the money goes back to the country our yeah taxes it goes to our go gdp to the, something, so, is so something, something is broken something is broken, broken if yeah. i need to with a master's degree and w- like we have to be pulling in you know, close to four hundred thousand dollars right just for both of our children to be in child care right it's, it's asinine i know there is no support that's how i feel about this government in our country that there's no support for people. There's just like there's no like there's no like to wanting people to get ahead. It's like why are we so against helping Dancement. people out? Yeah, why? There's,
0: there's a lot of you could go back to conservative some conservative ideals there like you know pick Pull yourself up by your boot, bootstraps. Yep, and yeah. it's
1: like well fuck you. Like I am pulling up by my made bootstraps. It's inhumane to not support like i don't under what are we, i just i guess my question is like how are we supporting our citizens in what way do we support our citizens and it's it it it's a I, good this, question that's like my question it's that's my question. main takeaway from all this like paid leave it's like how are we supporting our citizens being productive, healthy people in society, right. caring, compassionate, well, healthy us Well, loans,
0: I won't get, we'll go down that rabbit hole with you. We could talk about that another you day, but that's like, you a, like
1: you can't go down that
0: another example way. of where we're not like allowing people to be productive parts of society because of the predatory interest rates.
1: This is what I'm saying. We're yeah. not helping. Our government does Greed. not help us be productive um people of the society and you look at other countries that have different value systems they are happier countries than us it is let let's just America's talk, let's just about, talk about facts yeah yeah other countries have better health rates they have better education they have better there's so many more gu-
0: like less gun violence less gun violence a whole, yeah
1: So it's like some things, we're not investing in our people. And the more we invest in people to be healthy and educated Mm -hmm. um, and caring and altruistic people, the better the collective is gonna be. And us not giving a shit from a government federal standpoint about our mothers and our fathers equally is hurting
0: us. Agreed. It's, it's hurting us. I completely agree. The The one emoticon that I think sums up how our country thinks about, like like, like just, wh- like what our, our, our collect- if there is one emoticon that's a collective value of what our country is, I'm going to show it to you. The money. Yeah, you know the what I'm mo- talking about?
1: Yeah, I think you're going to do the one with the money, where it's like the money eyes. Yep, or like the money
0: the the eyes, head. the money mouth, that and the tongue sticking now? out. That's exactly, That's it. It that's is. It. It's like, all
1: money, but that's what, the, bring it back to Corona, Christopher we are going to heal collectively for from this our whole world is going to elevate on a spiritual level if we are willing to step up to this right because we all have an an opportunity right now to say wow like virus is affecting everybody rich poor black white spanish uh, whatever, whatever, anyone, and name any country, it's affecting you. Name any socioeconomic status, it's yep. affecting you. Yep. How do we care about ourselves and our neighbor? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's talk about, like, let this be an opportunity to be like, wow, fuck, LeBron James, who makes, I don't know, what does he make a year? Thirty-two million, <laughs> something
0: with endorsements. I mean, <laughs> that's at who least knows? that. more than that. So who knows, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, I say the average NFL quarterback salary is th- over thirty million dollars a year, okay, like, right. like, like of an elite quarterback. Okay, so say and Patrick he, Mahomes is going to make thirty-five, forty million. So a he, year.
1: he's making forty million dollars a year. Yeah. The dude at Trader Joe's right now who right. probably makes twelve dollars an hour. Yep. Which I think is that minimum. The 15, minimum I don't know, 15 wage is got the fight for minimum wage, Whatever. Well, it's yeah. around.
0: It's around there. Yeah.
1: Like we fight. You have people that they call Bernie Sanders a socialist. He's just fighting for fucking $15 an hour across the country. Right. And these are the people that are feeding us right now. Exactly. And people are sick. Exactly. We have truck drivers. Yep. That are the ones delivering to us. We have people coming to our house every day. They're risking themselves every day to bring us our essentials. Yep. How much do they get paid? Exactly. What are their benefits? How much is coming out of their salary to pay for their health care? So True. it's like let's put shit in perspective. Let's use this as an opportunity. This is a great. You're doing at, a
0: great job tying it tying it all together. But here. like let's True. use this
1: as an opportunity to be like, wow, we have an election coming up, and there's some really real topics that are now coming to the table yep. that, might I tell you, socialist Bernie Sanders has fucking been talking about for decades is caring about these minimum wage workers and their people too. We're all... It's going to be... We're all people. We're all
0: people. It's going to be a very interesting election season. And um, the the, uh, thing about leave that I wanted to mention too, I think we are trending in the right direction, hopefully, because... You know, I know like even these like big banks like some somebody sued somebody a while ago and like I don't like Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, B of a like they get like four or five months of maternity of paternity leave now. Um, it's becoming and, and, and it's not consecutive like not it's, it's, not like, it's not like you know you you like we had the baby like I'm gone till, till August, but you get to take I think like people take like somewhere between three and four weeks in the front and then and then they they're able to take they have to take that whole amount in the first year. So it's like all this different like extra time. And it's not a vacation. It's raising a kid. Well, that's
1: it's, what I think is so funny. It's not time it's like, off. You're not sitting here with your feet up. You're literally, uh, you have three bosses right now. <laughs> Actually, do. you have four. But four. is not very demanding. <sighs> yeah. But you have four I have bosses. Four. I yep. always say this. when. So when I, you know, Aloise was in daycare, then I was home with her for six months by myself five days a week and i'd say she's the most demanding boss i've ever had
0: yep 12 hour shift
1: it's, it's a little it's a 12 to 13 working hour lunch shift. it's a working lunch like it's exhausting you have no quiet time and it's like what do people think you're doing you're this baby feeds at least eight times a day yep. you are constantly getting her you're the one that's getting her you're the one who's changing her you're the one who's burping her like yep. it's, it's and then when you're
0: nursing her, I'm occupying our three and a half year old who wants full attention at all times. Where if I take a nap on the couch, unless she's like really locked into an activity, she's climbing on me. She's asking to see something. You're right. Yeah.
1: Like, again, this is another opportunity for people to be home with their families, Mm -hmm. to recognize how important this time is with their families. And perhaps we're all going to go back to work with a different perspective that's like, hey, you know what? This doesn't actually fucking matter that much. Yep. And what was really awesome was seeing my daughter do this or teaching her about this or having those quality conversations with my wife about this and enjoying breakfast together and not be rushed because we, we, we are a sick society with a, Climate change is showing us that, Um, our workaholics are showing us that. Like, There's a lot of toxicity Mm -hmm. that has been brewing for a very long time and we can really use this as an opportunity to touch on all of this and recreate a new normal. And you keep saying, I can't wait for this to go back to normal. And let me just say that's another lesson that I've learned Mm -hmm. when we went through our crap four years ago. It never goes back to normal, and thank God for that. Exactly. We're not, <laughs> guys. What? It's not going to be normal, and you hope that it doesn't go back to normal because what was normal wasn't right. Right, and and, and the universe
0: to... is trying to show us something. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we need to lean into. I'm pulling the up a status
0: normal. you're talking because there's something that like they just reminded me that you said. I I I won't pull it up. I'll I'll just paraphrase it. But yeah, the, hopefully this is the new normal. This is going to be the new normal. But there's something about like how hard people work. I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard, or I'm not saying you shouldn't work towards in a field that you're not passionate towards. They're they're passionate towards, but like, there's some statistic that says that if you work, I think it's like 50 weeks a year, on average 10 hours a day, your likelihood of getting like heart disease, all these different illnesses, goes through the roof. Like, think about what that is. It's not like 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 two weeks vacation doesn't cut it. 10 hours a day, which is like less than even what some industries work, is too much. Like people are literally killing themselves and like there's all this, there's a mountain of data around this, but yet like people make excuses and justify it. And they don't realize how much it's deteriorating well, their I health.
1: Mean, there's just a, where are we are a culture of escapism Yep. Um, and people are not dealing with really real issues that they have. And let this be a lesson to those people to take a hard look at, like, what they're trying to escape and make their lives better from, like, the inside out as opposed to just going out all the time. It's not going to. Exactly. It's not working for us. A lot of things are not working for us. And thank God that we right now are faced with the opportunity to change it exactly and I and I pray that the least amount of people are affected by this I pray for global healing and I but I also pray that we have the courage to change it's like what's that serenity prayer yeah it's uh, grant me the
0: serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the courage to change the things I can Uh, it wasn't another difference difference.
1: and i i i I have that my intention is that prayer for everybody right now it's great the courage to change and move into a place that's just it's just better for ourselves and for each other
0: great way to capstone this um i i want to just completely shift to one very just quick hit i want your thoughts on this is because you obviously came on um months ago talked about nfl the nfl briefly there's just you know, there's been a few quarterbacks.
1: Sorry, I all I hear right now is Ross Keller going pivot 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 pivot. pivot. Well, pivot. this is a great yes, topic, we're, and pivot. we're gonna
0: put a bow on it. But yeah. all right, so Tom Brady, I'm gonna i talk tell you the quarterback, what team they landed on, or what team that, that they got cut from, mm-hmm. and I just want like a quick well, reaction. you
1: gonna tell tell our your fan base that my, what that I predicted? You
0: predicted Tom Brady. You mentioned it like a while ago before it was even a rumor. Oh, I wonder if Tom Brady going to tampa and i like didn't like spend too much time ruminating about it i'm like oh Jameis winston's there he had 30 touchdowns he's a he's a turnover machine though interesting so what do you think of tom brady going to the bucks
1: i think he went because it's tb
0: tb well he, he like he <laughs> trademarked something really, but he's closer to brazil
1: i really think that's why i i think it's stupid i think it's like for what guy for what like are you chasing another title and if you're chasing another title what makes you think you're gonna have any better luck what you've never played for another team before ever in your life you've never played for another coach before yeah like what he's trying to show that he's one year what was his contract like 30 million for one year
0: yeah i think it's a one year i think it's a one year deal deal? yeah
1: like like for like what was your reason like that's what i want to
0: to show that like he was the the engine behind the Patriots think, machine. You really think Belichick.
1: that's what he wanted to prove? I don't know.
0: Like, maybe it's, it's an ego I part for me about that too. i think he wants to win again. But <laughs> I'm I sure he does. I just feel
1: like, why? What makes you think in your last year, you like you would have any better luck going completely fresh than staying with a team? Like, I just I think it's stupid. And I know you're going to be like, oh, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. He should have never fucking won that year. He's <laughs> stuck. He was, like, injured for, like, half the year. He was good
0: his first years in Denver, then he fell off a cliff. Yeah. And the year he fell off a cliff is the year that the team was good and they won. But Brady's much older than Manning was when he went to Brady, Denver. Brady,
1: it's making me sad. Brady needed to just hang it up. He probably should have. Is what it is. He should have But he had a hard time going, going out the way that
0: he did against Tennessee where they got their asses it's kicked.
1: it's only going to get worse, buddy. You're yeah. on tilt. Like I think someone that... someone <laughs> needs to be like, you're on tilt, fucking walk away from the table, just, like, let it go.
0: I think that Brady... And Belichick are both gonna be worse off without each other. And I I I think they're both they're so both all time greats. They're both gonna have a degree of success, but it's is not like gonna Paul be Paul and
1: Eli Manning. Like he was like once a giant, always a giant. Right. And he tried, maybe right. tried to use that, oh, you know, always a patriot. patriot. It's like but you're nice. not, buddy. He's, he's because you're going to fucking Tampa. Bay. Our, yeah, yeah. You're going to Tampa Bay after James Winston. Like it's like embarrassing. Like at least go somewhere like Go to the Giants, like go somewhere that's like a bigger, like a bigger Giants brand. Suck, but like no, but a better like, brand a- more NFL. To, like, blue exactly, blood. Yeah. and you're like, you know, the Giants beat you twice. Like at least, like have like some good story. We'll to say. it. You're fucking going to Tampa. The NFL like,
0: season, I think, is the one season of also, all the sports leagues. Sorry, league. let me just say, yeah.
1: what's his face at um, the coach? He's like, Arians. he's done. He's done too.
0: Why do you have such a hater on Arians? He's just done. Okay, he's, he's all right, just we'll see done. what happens there. All right, his what, best run was. What do you think about Philip Rivers going to the Colts?
1: Philip Rivers going to the Colts. He's done too. Can all he's these, my age? He's just think, like keep having your seventeen children. Like just retire. <laughs> start like. A I mean, Mormon the Colts have a good. No
0: they've had a, they have a good young coach. I uh, guy like a young coach like Frank Reich is a good mm-hmm. like. He's a good coach that's like only been in the league a few years. Luck kind of retired out of nowhere before he was even thirty. They had like kind of patchwork quarterbacks last year. They have a good roster, so he thinks I have one last – round I feel like he'll win
1: like seven games.
0: Interesting. All right, 77 seven games. All right, Phil, uh, what about uh, Nick Foles going to the Bears? Nick Foles was the backup for the Eagles, won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, went to Jacksonville, was got injured, Why was terrible. Are all of
1: these people leaving? Whatever happened to being a quarterback and, like, staying with a team for, like, like? is Eli Manning there's Bears left? gave like, a bunch of like, whiskey. Drew, Drew Brees, um, Roethlisberger, Rivers, Brady, Eli Manning. It was, like, the last group that just actually, like, stayed with a team for more than, like, three years. Yeah. They're becoming like basketballs. So it's like kind of that's interesting.
0: I mean, the only guys that I really say with the team the whole career is I mean, all even the people that you've mentioned a bit so far that are over thirty have been Aaron Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Eli, and um, that's really it. Oh, and Russell Wilson, Drew Brees was on the Chargers. He got he, he like tore his rotator cuff. The Chargers like like drafted Philip Rivers behind him, decided to go with Rivers. But he, but he's and then he went to the Saints and obviously won a Super Bowl there. But I think he's over. I think he's overrated. And you, I know you okay. said it for a while.
1: I'm literally <laughs> gonna jump off of this chair and like attack you.
0: You've said he's overrated longer than I have. That's what you're gonna say. I'm literally
1: giving. I just, I know, I'm literally giving him the nastiest looks right now. Are you serious right now? Can you start a whole new podcast on just like how you fucking blow? Could we just call it, like? We need like a name for it. Like. Chris wind blow, blowing, blow sm- like no, like wind blower, like From just, quarterbacks, like no, you just I can't, I'm like I need. To I'll him. go with the direction of
0: <laughs> where the wind blows. All right, so all right, last so so, Foles is on the Bears. Trubisky, who I've said sucked, is obviously being displaced. So just I'm gonna take, I'm gonna keep taking my victory lap there.
1: That I'll give you. You've been like on his. I'd say he right,
0: sucked yeah. for like I'll for give a, you that people one. with the fan. All right, so the last uh, quarterback, wonder reaction on is. Cam Newton got cut by the Carolina Panthers.
1: Duh. <laughs> like, I've also said this. And it's so annoying you used to argue with me. I've, I've, I've he an
0: MVP back in 2015. This I,
1: is Okay, this is a perfect example. Somebody has a good year, and you're just like, they're the greatest quarterback, they're better than Eli, which is your line. And then they, I tell you, they're going to suck balls, and here we are.
0: So you're not surprised he got cut. No, this he's gonna is be a like, backup somewhere.
1: This is like Adam Shine said that I saw on his podcast or on his show. He was like, "Yeah, big surprise." And I'm like, "Thank you, Adam Shine." I said this like years ago.
0: Adam Shine, by the way, is a is a is a local friend. Yes. So he's not. He's, we. He lives. He lives in our area. So I'll yes. just I'll leave it at that. So Adam Shine's a he's he has some really hot takes.
1: He has real hot takes. He does. He doesn't fucking whistleblower, whatever, wind blow like you.
0: Okay. Wait, I, I give my hot takes.
1: No, but honey.
0: But I evolved. This is my whole argument from last time.
1: Well, no, I actually, you did say this. You said people are allowed to evolve. Yeah. And you are 100 If you're on a plane, like, and the plane was yes, supposed to go one course
0: across the country, and there's, there's turbulence and thunderstorms, do you want yes. them to keep going the way they said they were going to go?
1: just... It's frustrating
0: i'm sure it is all right honey thank you so much for joining this has been a blast it's a marathon podcast last last time was 100 minutes i think we're probably around that mark this time people listened last time though so it's not like we need to too do long.
1: but i really want just for the listeners in home give chris's feedback i would love to do a real pillow talk podcast where we're straight up laying in bed and just like recording the shit that couples talk about at night.
0: Here's what I'm gonna promise you: our next podcast that I will air on on the on the pod will be a collection of us doing random pillow talks over the next few months. How's oh. that? So, I'll, so I'll, what we'll do is I'll just pull out the phone. It's the sound quality; is not gonna be as good as this, but it'll be still be fine. And I'll just do like topic one. I'll do like five of them. So five topics, one episode, like 10-15 minutes each. I'm into it. All right. So let's. So the, so you just you will bring it up. Be like, hey, let's do a pillow talk. We, we're talking about whatever. Okay, I can and it'll do be it. like no preparation, just just completely winging it. I like it. So, all right, honey, thank you so much again Thanks for joining. For having me.
1: Let's make some popcorn.
0: All and right, let's watch some DVR shows okay. before before our, uh, our our baby gets up again. All right. Love all right. you. Love you too. Tote number 1. I want to talk about Leon Black from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, I've been watching *Curb Your Enthusiasm* pretty much since the inception of the show. Uh, I think the tenth season just finished up. Um, Jen and I were locked into every episode, and there's so many great characters. The whole show is kind of uh, impromptu as far as I think the, the script goes. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Larry David is just a comedic genius, obviously the creator of *Seinfeld*. But to me, one of the best characters in that show, and in any TV show, I think in the last like like decade or two, is Leon Black. So Leon Black is played by J.B. Smoove, and he is the, um, the brother of Loretta Black, who was Vivigay Fox for one of the seasons. And Basically, what happened was uh, around Katrina, I think they were all displaced from New Orleans. They moved out to L.A. They, tempor- they, they were temporarily staying with Larry David, and then Leon Black just became a permanent fixture in his house. And the guy's just absolutely tremendous. I mean, every time the guy opens his mouth, I'm locked into the screen, and he says something funny and almost like belly laugh kind of funny. And it's just like like he's just like a very like like a like you know <laughs> proud black man who just like is just has just such funny, hilarious, and crude like takes on everything. I mean, if you don't find Leon Black funny as a character, I really question your sense of humor. Leon Black, to me, hot take in the top three of TV characters the last two decades. Okay, tote number two. So Dora the Explorer um, is a show, a kid's show. Uh, It's been out for like literally 20 20 plus years. Um, It started in uh, June of 1999. So literally almost 21 years the show's been out. Um, It's in right now uh, season number eight, I guess, um, or something like that. But it is a show on on Nickelodeon and Dora is like a a Latina girl and she just goes on these adventures where she's trying to – Um, go with her, her sidekick boots, who's a monkey. And they just go to like, do different like random activities. And it's, it's a great show for toddlers. It's probably like, I I think ideal age for like kids that are like, you know, two and a half, three up all the way up to like five or six. Um, I know that the version of Dora, just to age her properly now, she's like some kind of a tween. Um, but in the beginning show, she's like a young kid, probably meant to be like five or six. And one of the characters in Dora the Explorer is Swiper the Fox. And Swiper the Fox is this hilarious, like kleptomaniac fox that wears this like bandit mask, hides out and and tries to to, to camouflage and different things, and he tries to steal random shit shit from Dora and, and Boots. And the just the the intentional and unintentional comedy of the whole thing is awesome. If, if you don't have kids and haven't seen Swiper the Fox, just try to find it on YouTube, and just 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 like look at a few different examples of what he does. I mean, the guy. Yeah, you know, he's like this he has this like a funny like nasally voice. Um, he's kind of he's not that slick at all <laughs> at the end of it and he usually um, he, you know they, he gets stopped by Dora and Boots saying, "Swiper no swiping. Swiper no swiping." And then he goes, "Oh man." He gets like whisked away in the wind or he just like runs away. And every once in a while, I'd say probably one out of every like 5 or 6 episodes, like he actually swipes whatever he was intending to steal and he just like he's just, he, the guy if you think about what he's doing he's not even like stealing it for his own good he obviously is a very troubled fox but he just throws it he throws whatever object he's taken like into the woods so dora has to go like retrieve it i mean at the end of the day he's he's, he's kind of a dick like like when you actually like break it down he's a big douchebag so but swiper the fox to be a really hilarious character and dora the explorer um, i just love the show in general i think um, you know very latin focused um Spanish language, English language, diverse characters, sends great messages, I think, uh, for diversity and inclusion. Um, but check it out. Swiper the swipe with the Fox and Dora the Explorer is awesome. Tote number three. Now I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and I go out anywhere in public. I'm generally wearing a surgical mask or a um uh the the other the the higher grade mask with the M95, whatever the hell they're called. And I wear gloves. I don't fuck around. I mean, I have two young kids, uh, one who's an infant at home, and I, I don't want to get corona. I know it's, it's likely that um, you know, people that are younger don't tend to get as, as affected usually, but I'm not taking any chances. But, and, and I respect anybody who's taking whatever measures they need to stay, to stay healthy. But I think it's a little bit overkill. When, you know, going, when I'm going out for walks or driving, I see people driving their freaking cars in surgical masks or the masks that cover their face. I mean, what, what are you doing? Like, I have a mask on me if I'm going to a store, but do you really have to wear it as you're driving? Like, are the chances of somebody just, like, spitting on you as you're driving and rolling down your window, like, really that high? Like, this isn't like an airborne compound that is going to infiltrate you if you don't have a mask on in the car. It's like, it's a little ridiculous. So, I mean, just could somebody explain to me why the fuck people are wearing surgical masks or face masks uh, to try to prevent corona while they're driving? Makes no sense to me at all. Tote number four FaceTiming dudes is something that generally like one on one is is uh, is uh with the exception of a few things like maybe a military relative or um you know somebody who's very sick in a hospital. It's just something I think is frowned upon i mean like but in the corona environment in this quarantine environment, I mean I think it's acceptable. I am actually in the process of planning a virtual drink with a buddy of mine. Uh, and I'm going to try to do it often with people, you know, as, as long as we're quarantined over the next month, two months, three months, however long it's going to take. I mean, you need some level of social interaction and connection beyond a phone call. Um, but FaceTiming dudes, like, I think like in general, I mean, like I said, there's a few exceptions, I think, where it's OK, like one on one dudes. I mean, I know like if, you, if you're you with a buddy and you're on a trip, you might want to FaceTime a, like a third friend. I mean, I think that's fine. Um, and as I said, there's a few exceptions. But in general, this whole FaceTiming dude thing has completely been lifted um, with Corona. So, uh, interesting concept. Thanks for listening to the Chris Ham podcast. Please follow me on Twitter at Chris N Ham. Your support and feedback is incredibly valuable as I grow this podcast. So please tell me what you like, what you don't like, and feel free to suggest topic ideas. Take it easy, friends. Be well.